you come out to worship the Lord? Amen. Now, let's go to something else. How many come out expecting something from the Lord? Hey, listen, if you come hungry, I promise you, God will feed you. Amen. A lot of times we get what we expect. We didn't come expecting anything, and we don't get anything. I come to the house of the Lord to lift Him up, to magnify Him, to have Him touch me in a special way. Amen. It is... It is so good to see everybody today in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn with me to the book of Mark, the ninth chapter. The book of Mark, the ninth chapter. Today I'm going to be ministering a message entitled that this nation is worth fasting for. I believe that we are at a watershed moment in the life of America. I believe that 2020 is going to shape our country for generations to come. And so today, I'm not going to talk about Democrats. I'm not going to talk about Republicans. I'm not going to talk about Black Lives Matter. I'm not going to talk about uh, problems within policing. Today, I'm going to talk about what our response should be as the body of Christ. There is a privilege that comes with being part of the body. But there also, not only is there a privilege, but there is also an obligation that we have as being part of the body of Christ. I want to make one comment as I get ready to get started. I want to be sure that we all understand that this nation's woes will not be answered in the White House. They will be answered in the church house if they get answered. And so today I want to take a little bit of time and I want to talk about this nation is worth fasting for. I want to use as my text today Mark 9 and verse number 29. I want you to look over at your neighbor and say, you better listen. I think he's wanting to talk to you today. Mark 9 and verse 29. Jesus speaking here says, And he said unto them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Can I tell you that sometimes we need a strength that can only come from us being consecrated to the Lord in a very special way. The disciples was wanting to know. They had prayed for a boy that was demonically possessed and 
literally was throwing himself into the fire or throwing himself into the water, the devil trying to destroy him. Can I tell you, the devil ain't got no new tricks. The Word of God says that the thief cometh but to kill, steal, and to destroy. That's what he was doing to that young man. That's what he's trying to do with our young men and young women today. That's exactly what he's doing. And so what Jesus said, the disciples came to him and they said, but, but, but Master, we prayed for him. We did everything that we were supposed to. Why couldn't we get the devil to come out? And Jesus let them know that something is only going to happen when we fast and when we pray. Now let's continue on staying in the New Testament for another scripture if we can as we look at Mark 6 and verses 16 through 18. Because I want us to understand that there is a right way to fast. But there is also a wrong way to fast. Here's what Jesus said. He said, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad, sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to be men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you fast, you anoint your head and you wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I want us to understand what the Pharisees was doing. The Pharisees were putting on a countenance to where everybody knew how holy that they were. They would actually get powder and put on their face so that when they walked around town, everybody would know that they were on a fast. But I want us to understand today that God's wanting something different out of his church. Somebody that's not looking for a pat on the back, but somebody that is looking to be able to say to this lost and dying world that Jesus Christ is the answer and I need more of him so I can walk victoriously in the life that God has chosen for me. I will, yeah, give him a hand clap of praise today. I'm talking today about this nation is worth fasting for. Now, here's what it says in 2 Chronicles. 7 and 14, you'll probably recognize this verse. It says, if my people. Now, I want us to see, first of all, who he's talking to. He's talking to the children of God. I also want us to see that it is conditional. It says, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And then listen to what he says. Now, 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 who was it that he was talking to? My people, to the Lord's people. He says, if my people will turn from their wicked ways. Can I tell you, 
I can't see revival outside the church till I see revival inside the church. Can I tell you, we won't see revival inside the church till we let revival happen on the inside of us. Jesus said, he's looking for a church that will be hungry enough that will seek him instead of all of the pleasures of the world. Can I tell you today, that's all fasting is about. It's deciding that I'm going to push away from satisfying this uh, flesh so that I can be hungry for the things of the Lord. Look over at your neighbor and say, he's telling you the truth today. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, he says, if you'll do it, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. How many people today believe that our land needs to be healed? How many believes that this nation, and let me be very clear, that was founded on Judeo-Christian values, this nation that was founded by men who said that we are going to live by the Ten Commandments. We were founded as a Christian nation. Somebody says, oh, they found a document that said, let me tell you about the documents that they found. There's over 9,000 different documents dealing with our founding fathers that talked about how that they were seeking a place that they could worship the Lord and that they could lift him up. I want you to understand that the world today is trying to rewrite our Christian heritage, but this is a Christian nation founded on Judeo-Christian values. When did it become unpopular for us to say things like, Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Guys, listen, we live in a different world. I put up what I'm going to be preaching about today on Facebook this week. I decided here in our area I wanted to promote it. I wanted to say that we need Christians to be praying. Facebook rejected my ad. They said it it violated their uh, uh, political speech. When did praying become political speech? If you got Facebook, get on and look at what I said. I said this is not about Republicans or Democrats. I even put in what I said, do not say anything on this thread political. That's not what this is about. Honey, can I tell you, and listen, mm, I'll get back to my notes maybe, but can I tell you that the church has bought in to this fleshly stuff the church has bought into our answer is if you're a democrat our answer is to get rid of that republican 
the church has bought into if you're a Republican that we have to get rid of these Democrats honey I want you to know we are in a spiritual battle for the soul of our nation and we better we better arm ourselves with the full armor of God and understand that if we try to do this in a fleshly way the enemy is going to win But if my people, oh, somebody hang with me today. If my people, which are called by my name, can I tell you, if I make a decision that what I'm going to do is I'm going to come down to an old-fashioned altar and I'm going to begin to pray like never before and I'm going to call out upon God, I'm going to repent for the sins that I've committed the sins that are committed in my community, the sins that have been committed in America, and I'm going to stand and ask for a holy God to forgive us. I'm going to see revival. Oh, hallelujah. I want to say something. I'm going to say one or two things today that I want to make sure that you listen to what I'm saying. The first one is this. That fasting is not so that you would appear spiritual. Fasting is so that you are spiritual. Can I say that again? I said fasting isn't so I would have the appearance of. That's what the Pharisees did. They changed their countenance. They put powder on their face. So everybody would know. But this is about me being spiritual. Let me get off my notes for just a second. Can I tell you that if I'm not hungry for a move of God, I said if I'm not hungry for a move of God. How many remembers when you first got saved? Brother Mark, when I first got saved, I thought I'd go to hell with a water gun and put it out. You know what I'm talking about. Man, I mean, I was on fire. Woo, those flames was burning. Can I tell you that as I've got older, I've come to understand flame doesn't have to be that high. I can coast. God forbid. I need that same flame the day I got saved to burn in my life today. I need to have a hunger for a move of God not only to happen in my nation and not only to happen in my community and not only to happen in my family and not only to happen in my church but I need to have a hunger for God to move within me. It starts with me today. Can I tell you that if you're not hungry now listen to me if you're not hungry for the things of God it's because you're getting filled with something else. Did you catch what I said? I said, if I'm not hungry for the things of God, it's because the things of the world is starting to fill me up. Can we be transparent enough to say that sometimes 
I need to have a spiritual attitude adjustment. I need God to reach down and to hit that convicting power to draw me back to Calvary because this stuff that isn't important is becoming important. And can I tell you today that God is wanting me to hunger and thirst after righteousness, after Him, and I'll be filled. I'm just simply saying today that this nation is worth fasting for. Fasting is not so that you and I can appear to be spiritual. Fasting is so that you and I are spiritual. Let's look for just a moment at some of the fast in the Old Testament. I find that Moses fasted before he received the Ten Commandments. I find that David mourned the loss of his child's uh, uh, the loss of his child and the illness prior to him dying and he fasted there while he was sick. That Elijah fasted whenever he was escaping Jezebel. That Ezra fasted while mourning over the sin of the people. Esther fasted for the safety of the Jews. Daniel fasted for an answer to prayer. I want us to understand all through the Old Testament we find where God used fasting for a lot of different reasons. In the New Testament, I find that the religious peoples fasted, but most of the time their fasting was in vain. They got their glory because of the show that they were trying to put on. I find that John the Baptist's disciples fasted, and I also found that when Jesus, before he even began his ministry, as it was beginning, he went on a fast as well. Can I tell you that all through the Word of God we find where there was fasting. So I believe that this is a subject that we can talk about today with integrity that the church needs to be doing. I want to go just a little bit further. We find that the early church fathers pastored, uh, excuse me, uh, that they fasted. They fasted on Wednesdays and Fridays and they did it on Wednesdays and Fridays because the Pharisees did it on Tuesdays and Thursdays and they did not want to be like the Pharisees. They wanted to be sure that they understood that this right here was a group that was fasting for the Lord. So they did then. We also find that during great revivals that happened throughout our history, we find that there was fasting that happened. During the Great Awakening, there was a group of people that was fasting. I want us to understand, back in 1859, this is before the Civil War, that there was, they called it the Layman's Prayer Revival. And what it started off as, is it started off as a revival. I think it started in, uh, I think it started in New York. But anyway, whenever it started, it wasn't started by preachers and all of that right there. It was st started by, by laymen coming together during lunch, fasting lunch and praying. And whenever they began to do that, and they continued to all of a sudden, that they weren't the only ones that was fasting and praying. You also found others that was doing it. Then it started going to other towns. And then next thing you know, it had stretched out across America. They say that between 1950, uh, excuse me, 1859 and 1860, that during that two-year period, that more than one million men came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior because of a noontime fast of people coming together, lifting up the Lord and praying. I want us to understand today that God has used fasting 
for great and mighty miracles to take place. And so we find that uh, all the way through. If you look at the Welsh revival, if you look at the Azusa Street revival, the Korean Pentecostal revival, all of those, before those happened, there was men and women that was calling upon the name of the Lord in fasting and in prayer. But not only was it Christians that's been praying, but can I tell you that in our nation, we have been called to fast and to pray on many different times. I want us to take just a minute and I want us to look at this. Before we was a nation in 1776, we find that in 1774 that the British Navy had set up right off the coast of Virginia and the leaders in Virginia, they declared a fast for all leaders in that state and God brought deliverance. I want us to understand that in uh, that three different times during Lincoln's uh, presidency, he called for the nation to fast. Three different times that he called for it. Several times during World War I and World War II, there was national days of fast, not only with America, but also with the allies across the world. I want us to understand that there has been many different times that our nation has been called to pray and to fast. Oh, that today our leaders would call for a national day of prayer and fasting. Oh, that our leaders today would call on the people to call upon the name of the Lord. But can I tell you today that if the Democrats were to do it, the Republicans would find a fault in it? Can I tell you that if the Republicans did it, that the Democrats would find a fault in it? Because we live in such a divided time. Let's take just a moment and let's talk about this time that you and I live in. We live in a day of so much political unrest. Guys, listen, I literally have just unplugged the TV to news. I mean, I used to be a news junkie. I mean, I'll have to, confession is good for the soul. I'll just have to be very transparent. I was listening to probably an hour's worth of news every single day. Now I don't listen to an hour's worth of news in a week. And uh, Teresa and I are getting ready to leave. Uh, we're going to be gone. We're leaving right after service, and we're going to be gone for 10 days. And we're going to get to spend some time just me and my baby. Amen. I hope we don't even hear the news during that 10 days. Can I tell you that we live in such a politically divided time? We started this, na- uh, this year off with impeachment. I don't care if you're for it or against it, it's divisive. And we, go, we went through all of the different junk that we have been going through. Now we have a Supreme Court fight that's getting ready to happen. And all it's doing is making a side A and a side B. And it's an us and a them and all of that. In the 2016 election, And I'm going to get real close to talking political. Sister Barb, if I start talking political, you let me know because I I need to stop. I want to be sure that I don't. But the the Russians were running some Facebook ads. 
This is documented, so I'm not citing anything here. They were running, but particularly in, at an event that was going to happen in New York City. And if memory serves me correctly, it was a Trump rally. If you remember, we had Trump and Clinton, Hillary Clinton, uh, uh, running in that race. And those Russian, I think they called them bots, but anyway, those Russian ads, they ran a lot of them to New Yorkers, and about half of the ads was to get people to come out and to support that candidate, and about half of them was to get it, come out and to protest against that candidate. Now, can I tell you that that particular ad, I'm not getting into all of the Huffs and puffs. This right here is just something that is documented. And, but in that particular time, they wasn't trying to make somebody win, and they wasn't trying to make somebody lose. They were trying to cause division. They were trying to make it to where the house is divided. Can I tell you that as I look at all of the issues that are going on in our country, I believe with all of my heart that there is an element within it that is not for something or against something. They want division within the United States of America. I believe that we are seeing this unfold in unprecedented ways today. I want us to understand that in the last hundred days in America there has been between 15 and 26 million people that has been out protesting about injustice or the uh, police brutality in our nation between 15 and 26 million that's a lot of people. Look over at your neighbor and say, he's talking about a lot of people. Literally, it has touched over 2,000 cities in America, including our own. Now, I want us to understand that I believe that 99%, that's a big number, I believe that 99% are protesters that are trying to get something changed. Okay? Please don't say that pastor left and said all of these people were heathens because that's not what I've said at all. I believe that 99% are good people that think that change needs to happen. Let me know that we could have change in America and that be okay. Okay? Can I tell you, we don't live in a perfect nation. I want to be sure we all understand that. But, Along with those 99%, there's been about 1%. Now listen to me. I don't think that they are trying to get justice to happen. I believe they're just trying to cause division. I believe that their sole reason isn't to walk up and down the streets to say, we need to make our nation better. But it's to take a cocktail and throw through a window and burn down a building. Now that's chaos. I said, our nation is in need of a touch 
from Almighty God. But listen, if 26 million people in the last 100 days has got out and protested and 1% of them is causing these types of issues, that's a quarter of a million people. Can I tell you, that's a lot of people to cause chaos. We need revival in our nation. Fix the issues. Come to the table and reason together. I think the Bible talks about that, don't it? But we have to make sure that the devil does not win. And now let me take it just another notch. Y'all give me 10 minutes. I want us to understand this is not... Brother Melvin, did you set my clock to do that? I'm impressed. I won't never use that phrase again while I'm up here. Okay, I've got 9.32 now, so let me go. Because I got no idea how to turn that thing off. Uh, but here, here's what I want us to be sure we understand. We're in a spiritual fight. This is not flesh and blood. This has got nothing to do with this side or that side. This has got to do with the soul of our nation. And I believe if change is going to happen, that it will happen in the church house as we begin to pray and we begin to seek God. That's what I'm talking about today. Now here's what scripture tells me in Mark 3 and 25. It says that if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. John Wesley, who founded the Methodist church, as he was on up in years and the church was doing really well, and there was a newspaper reporter that was interviewing him and said, are you afraid that somebody is going to come in and try to destroy this church that you've worked so hard to build? And he said, no. He said, that's not even remotely possible. He said, my fear is, is that it will be destroyed from within, not from without. I believe that everybody's looking for China to come and do something to America or Russia to come and do something to America or Iran to come and do something to America. But if something gets done to America, it's going to be by inside. This is a day and this is an hour that we need to make a decision that we're going to pray. I'm not a prophet and I'm a very optimistic person. But I want you to know that I believe that the next 45 days are going to be days that are going to be filled with chaos leading up to this election. Now, we're going to think it's the Democrats doing it if you're a Republican, or we're going to think that it's the Republicans doing it if you're a Democrat. But the truth is, 
It's a spiritual fight. I believe that whoever wins, that we are in for a long contested race following November the 4th, uh, November the 3rd. If my people, which are called by my name, where's the answer? The answer is found in the church house. I want to ask you a simple question today. I just want to ask you, would you stand with me in prayer for our nation? I'm asking for as many people that would to take 40 days and to pray and to fast. I don't know how you would fast. That's between you and the Lord. You might decide that you're going to fast on Mondays during this 40 days. You may decide you're going to fast breakfast during these 40 days. You may decide that you're going to fast sweets during this 40 days. You may decide you're going to face, uh, uh, fast uh, social media. Boy, that'd kill some of us, wouldn't it? Uh, a day a week or, or, or something. You see, fasting, and you may call it consecration. It doesn't matter to me what you call it. But what we're talking about here is we're talking about unplugging from the world. But listen, can I tell you that if you fast and you only unplug from the world, that's not called a fast, that's called a diet. You see, in order to fast, you have to unplug, but you also have to plug. In other words, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give up some time that I would have taken for breakfast this morning, and I'm going to take that time, and I'm going to get in my prayer closet, and I'm going to pray and study, and I'm going to get a hold of God. Is that okay? I need some people that will say, Pastor, I will agree with you and I will pray. If you're on Facebook, I want to promote this because I believe the church needs to be praying like never before. And so if you're on Facebook, get on our, the Curtis Road Church of God Facebook page. If you're not our friend, be sure and friend us while you're there. But find my article and forward that to your friend's list. I'd like to see a thousand people pray. Can I tell you, I'd like to see a million people pray. And so I just want us to get the word out. Facebook's telling me we can't. I think the devil's a liar. No, I didn't say that Facebook was the devil. Did All right, let me, let me go ahead. I'm digging myself from one ditch to another. Uh, I know I'm getting ready to ring here. So anyway, I need somebody that says, Pastor, I'll pray. And I'll fast for the 40 days. It starts on the 25th and it goes through November the 3rd. I believe that our nation is worth fasting for. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Today I just took a couple of minutes and I just spoke from my heart about the fact that we need a touch that only God can provide. That we need a move of the Spirit. That this is not a natural fight, but that this is a spiritual fight. And it's not going to be one at the ballot box. It will be one in the altars. 
And it is not only my privilege, but it's also my obligation to be a person of prayer. God has allowed me to be born in what I believe is the greatest state, uh, greatest uh, nation in the world. And I am so thankful to be an American. We have sent out missionaries throughout the life of our country to other places. We have been so benevolent to other countries. Have we made mistakes? Have we done things wrong? Yes, we have. But I am still proud today to be an American. America is worth fighting for. But that fight is a spiritual fight. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I will agree with you. During this 40 days, I will consecrate myself in however I feel led to do and I will be praying every day for this nation for that 40 days up to election. If you're willing to do that, I want you just to lift your hand and tell me that you're willing to. Amen. I thank you so much for you that are partnering with me. If you're watching online, I'd just encourage you, if you would, just to write something down in a message and just let us know that you're agreeing with us in prayer. Guys, listen, there's a spiritual battle that's happening. But I love that new song that we introduced today. Brother Mark and them did such a wonderful job. Victory is in him today. And it's in him alone. And I am so excited about that. God is so good to us.